Brunch with me, Anya Adams. Sister Brunch is a podcast about Black women and non-binary folks striving and thriving in media, entertainment, and the arts. And we can't wait to share more stories with you over the next few weeks. My co-host Fanshin is out today. We will miss her dearly, but don't worry, she'll be back soon. And I'm super excited to dig into today's interview. Our guest for this episode is the award-winning actor, solo artist, theater and filmmaker, artist educator, and disability influencer, Diana Elizabeth Jordan. We are so excited to have you. Oh, Anya, thank you for having me in Fanshin and thinking of you and sending you love. I'm gonna just tell our guests a little bit about you, Diana. Here's the rundown on Diana. Diana has been cast in over 60 films, yo, 60 films, television, and theater productions, including CBS's SWAT, which is high action. She recently performed her solo show, Happily Ever After, One Woman's Journey to Find a True Love. I'm on that journey as well. At the 2021 Hollywood Fringe Festival, where she received a diversity scholarship, pick of the fringe, and an Encore Producers Award honors. She's an award-nominated director, a producer, and the founder of two production companies, Dreaming Big on a Swing Entertainment, I love that visual, and the Rainbow Butterfly Cafe. Diana is also a member of, of SAG-AFTRA, an Actors Equity Association, and one of the Disabled Advocates for Women of Color Unite. So with all of that, it is wonderful to bring you onto our podcast, Sister Brunch, Diana, and dig in with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. I'm so like overwhelmed with your history of, of all of these things you've done. And, and it's not just one thing, it's a multitude. One of the things we like to do on this podcast is talk to our guests about how they got to this to the place they are now. So do you want to just talk to us a little bit about your background uh, and how you started working in the team and got into sure. this world? Yeah, you know, I I was one of those kids, I'm one of those people that always knew that I wanted to be an actor. I mean, I don't, you know, I often, well, I, I actually like to joke I was, um, I was meant to be an actor because I um, entered the world in a highly dramatic fashion. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't breathe on my own for 45 minutes. So wow. the doctors worked on me for 45 minutes before I started breathing on my own. And as a result, I had cerebral palsy, which is a neurological disorder that mildly affects my speeching gait. So I've always known that I wanted to be an actor. I always had known that I wasn't going to let barriers stop me from being an actor. But I don't think my story is any different than those of us who've always known this is what we wanted to do. I did theater in high school and elementary school. I went on to college and um, got a bachelor's degree in theater. I was the first actor with a disability to get my master's degree at Cal State Long Beach. I had a master of fine arts, but I've been pursuing this career and also teaching. I teach at a wonderful place called Performing Arts Studio West, where I teach other actors who have disabilities um, 
be hearing that twenty second anniversary. It was started in nineteen ninety-eight. They were going into our twenty-third anniversary this year. Um, but again, I've always known what I wanted to do, and I think other things came into that where I discovered my love for directing. I discovered that I love to teach, and so they all became these extensions of who I am as an actor. Producing became an extension, and unless it's necessary for me to create opportunities for myself, but everything with that, that root of this little girl who just wanted to perform and express myself. I also had an aunt who was an actress. She died a year before I was born. So I read two stories about her from my grandmother. But she had a very small role in Band of Angels, which also served um, the late Sydney Poitier. Oh, so wow. She was like in one scene. And that yeah, but still. <laughs> but, you know, that was really cool, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I just always known this is what I want to do. And I've always wanted to create opportunities for myself and for other actors who are marginalized by a part of their identity as well. So did you start acting and then the directing and the producing came? And in terms of the acting, like, how did you break through? What was your kind of first experience? What, yeah. How did that go? I will say this. I was offered the role of baby Jesus. My mom, my dad is a minister. I was offered <laughs> the role of baby Jesus. My mother turned it down, but that's a role you can never do again. <laughs> so I am over that. But let me tell you, I was offered the role of baby Jesus when I was six months old at my daddy's church. And so we'll let that go. <laughs> but hey, so, you know, I think my first role was like Mother Bird and, you know, first grade. I, you know, I, I was, uh, it was like, are you my mother when I was Mother Bird? But I really just got into it. I was fortunate. To go, I've been mainstreamed my whole life. So I was at the school with kids who did not have disabilities. But yeah. my high school had a great theater program. And I was lucky to have teachers that were really supportive. Mr. Bagram, Ms. Inglehart, and Mrs. Polly, who were there, who gave me opportunities in the late Mr. Puller. So I just... I went to a school that had a great arts program at a time when they were really putting money into the arts program. They grew up in Oak Park, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. So that helped. And then I, I just fought my way through. I mean, I went, I designed a major in college. So I did uh -huh. um, take theater classes. And then I was just determined when I started in Chicago, which is where I lived before I moved out here, that I was going to go to auditions. And I, I love it. I didn't care if it said disability or not. If, if yeah. there was there's an audition that said woman in her 20s when I was in my 20s, I would go for that. You know, I, love I, would, it. I just always said, I'm going to go. And 
I did get opportunity today. Faith, I, 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 I really got, you're really good. We just don't know how to cast you. I'd be yeah. like, give me a part. That's how you can know. <laughs> Not that hard. Just, here, here's a script. But I mean, that's how you I'm cast other, how you cast other people. This is how you cast me. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, and things have gotten better over the years. I'm in a new category now. So now I like to say, I celebrate the intersection of BIPOC, disability, yeah. and maturity. <laughs> I'm 29 years. Yes, a lot of years. <laughs> but, but, but that's another thing. I'm in the new category and I want to celebrate because I'm in a innate category of mature woman. So why can't I celebrate a mature woman who's really okay with, with she is in all aspects of myself, including having a disability? Yeah. And why can't that woman be a lawyer or a yeah. judge? That's what I want to celebrate. I fell in love with someone that looks like Denzel Washington, for example. Yeah. You know, as an yeah. actor, not no, <laughs> just a poet. I'm talking about on screen only. <laughs> this is Sister Brunch with me, Anya Adams. Fanchin is away today. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with our amazing guest, actor, and disability advocate, Diana Elizabeth Jordan. We're back. Check out more of our conversation with Diana Elizabeth Jordan. Well, that's so amazing. Like what's really interesting I'm hearing you say is like, you almost didn't see anything in your way. You were just like, this is what I want. I'm going to put myself in the position to get it. And I think that's so inspirational for all of us to just not see the barriers that are being put in front of us. But I do think like a Forbes interview that you had in which you mentioned your agent had said to you, you're black, you're a woman, you have a disability and I'm not a social worker. That was a new, yeah, I went, I went, yeah, that was when in Chicago I was looking for an agent. I have oh. fabulous representation now, but now. when I was looking for an agent back in Chicago, I went to one of the big agents in yeah. Chicago, and that's exactly what he said to me. And, you know, I am very positive, but I don't want to make it seem like this road has been a better road. This has been right. very challenging, but I find I find this a circular thing, because actually that agent that said that to me, she was the head of the agency. Two years later, one of her associates called me and said, I want to represent you. And I wow. just said, well, your boss said this. And he goes, well, I'm saying this. And yeah. So that was my first agent. So even in the difficulties, which there have been, I mean, there have been many, many tears. I prefer to focus on the blessings. I mean, sure. yes, is it really hard? This is a very tough business, but 
this doing this right now, being on this show is a blessing. It's yeah. such a great opportunity to talk about, you know, and I don't like to call it thinking outside the box. I like to say the box is really big. Yeah. We just don't realize how big it is. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. not outside of anyone's box. I'm in the box. You just yeah. need to see that I belong in the box, not, not outside of it, and the diversity of other actors who have other disabled actors as well, because we're very diverse, very diverse, very intersectional, yeah. and with the visible, authentically with the visible and demon television and theater, but that is changing and that's really wonderful. Yeah. And I do find people find it very exciting. I mean, what comes to mind, I was just thinking like, I don't know if you've watched Sex Lives of College Girls. No, I have not, no. Because um, they, I feel like they do a good job of like representing the university experience and a little bit more diverse in terms of people within college are not right. just able-bodied. There, You've got the, there's a girl in a wheelchair. You got, it's like, it's quite diverse and it's exciting and interesting to watch because I think people want to hear those stories. They want to understand different right. points of view. And I think it feels like our industry is, slowly like breaking that open but it also feels like that's work that you've been doing for quite a while putting one foot in front of the other yourself but then also creating these these organizations to help you know as a a united front kind of bust open that door right and I've been a part of some I mean like performing at Studio West where I teach um that was founded by John Pages. So I don't want to take credit, but I think as a whole that our actors at Performing Arts Studio West, where yeah. I've been teaching, have been um, cast in over 2,500, I'm sure it's you know, roles in film and television and theater. Wow. So, Things are changing, and yeah. I'm getting more auditions than I have, um, and I do get called in to read non-disabled roles, and I love that. I mean, I love when I get called in for the woman in the the store, or whatever, right. because that, that's who I am. I mean, yes, my disability is a part of who I am, but it's just one of my identities. I'm an aunt, I'm a daughter, I'm, you know... I'm still doing the life changes that people in their 50s, and I, and I want to proudly say what my age is. I think I'm done with the, that we shouldn't feel ashamed. We need to feel proud of whatever stage in life we're at. And yeah. being in your 50s is amazing. You know, it's yeah. just, let's break down those, it's another barrier to break down and not, because I'm not going to deny who I am. Because if I yeah. do that, the friends I grew up with will be like, you're not 30. What are you talking about? I am the hospital with you. You're not 35. So, you know, yeah. I shouldn't, shouldn't, women shouldn't be afraid to celebrate who they are, no matter what stage in life they're in. That's such a beautiful sentiment and one we need to 
have as a mantra, I feel like, because the the world is pummeling us with other uh, ways of thinking about it, which well, are not as healthy. Well, I, I mean, I met women like Andy McDowell and Sarah yes. Parker are saying, here's my grade, here I am, deal with it. And yeah. I, I'm hoping there'll be a platform but we're we're also in the mature acting category that I you know I can represent an image of disability that yeah. is a part of that. Yeah, yeah. It's so. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was your coaching because I feel like you spend a lot of time now. You've kind of. Uh, stepped into this leadership role where you're helping younger actors and actors, mm -hmm. people that have decided they want to act that have developmental disabilities or mm -hmm. whatever the kind of um, okay. situation. Uh, you're, you're helping them um, uh, move towards their goals. Right. How, do you, how do you see that kind of mentoring and advocacy work kind of dovetailing with your own career work? Yeah, that's a really good question because there are times when there was a time, you know, when I'll be like, sometimes my student, my clients get more auditions than I do. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> you know, and I, I had to get to the point mentally where I'm like, you know, it's both. I can do both. That's yeah. why, that's why. Once I shifted my mindset, and I think there was a long time where my coaching was my day job, and I saw it as the day job, but I really think day job can be such a mind, sabotaging mind word. Mm. And so once I shifted, because day job says, I'm not successful, I have to have a day job. But once ah. I said, you know what I am? Coaching is an extension of who I am as an actor. And the mm. truth is, really in my coaching, one of my acting client, one of the clients at the studio for a role that I'm going out for too. So, right. you know, if I'm coaching a young male actor, there's not competition. Because so it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm coaching them for a role that I'm going out for, but it still allows me to be direct, um, direct and be creative. And I love supporting people in their dreams too. Yeah. Um, since the pandemic, the studio has gone online. So I record and tape four YouTube classes a week. So wow. all the teachers do our Alexander, our music teacher does music. Joe, our music Joe and Alexander do music. My coworker David does an interview, meet the biz, and our wonderful dance teacher and the dance and then Pascal does a spoken word, then Pascal and Lindsay, they do a yoga tree. So we're offering online content. So in a way now, I'm producing four webisodes a week where I, wow. I, I write it, I produce it, I shoot it, I edit it, I talk wow. with about the edit, and then I send it to be played online. So 
I'm constantly creating content. Um, yeah. Now, um, both my weekly blog, A Morning Cup of Joy, will start again next week. So I'm very excited. So you have to be creative and do yeah. what you do. And, yeah. I, and, and if I can mentor somebody else, I didn't have that mentoring in the yeah. same way that I can give it to other people. I'm honored. And again, you can either look at your glass half empty, half full, or abundantly overflowing. Last year, I set the goal I wanted to book these co-stars, and that, that was the goal I set. And that didn't happen. I had a lot of auditions where, you know, my, my team is like great auditions. I didn't book, but I was getting called in consistently, which is part of what happened in this industry. But yeah. then I realized, even though I didn't book co-stars on TV and film, and the narrative improv space, or the long-form narrative improv, I was asked to be a guest on four or five different shows yeah. last year. So I did get my co-star and guest star role. Right, right, it, right. It wasn't in the way I imagined, imagined it, it, but it still happened. And that's the well, also, you were in the rooms, girl. So, like, it doesn't matter if you didn't get them this year. The fact that people saw you and now they'll remember you and you're out in these other places, like, that's so much a part of building your brand in this industry now, I feel like, especially when you have such unique talents to share. Like, for people to be able to see that, you know, and remember you, they're going to be like, oh yeah, let's get Diana. She was great for this, uh, but it didn't work out, but we'll use her for that. You know what I mean? Especially now, a casting director might get five, 800 submissions for right? one role. Yes. So if you got called in, you broke, because they're not you broke calling in, they're not calling in all thousand of those no. people. They're probably calling in maybe 50 to 100. Yeah. So if you get a thousand, even if you get 500 submissions, they're going to call in maybe a fifth of that. So yeah. just for me to get called in, like you said, I got into the room, you got in the room. over yeah. 13 times last year. Right. For me, and the majority of those open roles were not specific. They were just right. the grant, the neighbor, the lady that worked at the bank. The, right. For me, that's huge. Yeah. Getting that generic yes. supporting yes. category. Yes. I, I'm in that, I was in that category over 13 times last that's year. That's so great. You know, yeah, so I, you broke through in a way that yeah, people, I broke you know, through. yeah, which is yeah. fantastic. And I and I think it's also like a great lesson for people to see, like as you as you do, as you keep creating your own content, as you again, like I always say, it's one foot in front of the other, and you're pushing forward for what you want and you have in your mind what you want, which is to be seen as a person. Exactly. You know, exactly. The lady in the store, the whatever, you know. Right. Um, that's fantastic. Hi, it's Anya, and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back, and if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Sister Brunch, Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast, and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Sister Brunch Podcast. 
Leave us a comment, slide into our DMs, and share your news with us. We want to celebrate your hard work with you. I have a, qu- a very specific question we like to ask our guests. Sure. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but we like to talk about it because we feel like people don't talk a lot about their salary and their right. range and, and what they get paid. And right. you know, Are you comfortable talking about like- Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, right now, I mean, uh, as far as acting, you know, I, I mean, I've done some orbital budget films. So I, I, I mean, I'm making standard union rates for when I do. Um, you know, honestly, for TV and film shows, I, I'm not booking that on a regular basis. But when I do, it's nice. And again, you know, sometimes it's, I look at things and I do a role, especially when there's not the compensation. I go, well, will this make me, if this role a challenge, will it make me grow? How yeah. does it, how does it feel? Yeah. So sometimes I get paid, like doing the improv show that that is, working with Impro LA and doing narrative improv, which is a longer form of improv, which I fell, I fallen completely in love with. Um, So I may not get paid to do those shows, but the creativity, the creative role that the casting director may not necessarily see me in, the the freedom to to do that. continue to work on my listening because of the actor to be challenged like here you're gonna do this for an hour and there are no lines and there are no scripts here you go but it was like <laughs> and they work on trusting the wonderful other improvers I get to work with that's incredible so I may not yeah. get the financial compensation and honestly during the pandemic and um, that kind of saved me too. But yeah. so these past two years have been incredibly challenging. Yes. In so many ways. So I like that answer though, because I feel like, you know, as an actor specifically too, you may not be getting paid a lot of money to do the project, but the experience and the foundation it's building for you is only going to help you make more money when you get the job because you'll be able to like pivot in whatever way or, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another thing now, I, for example, there's nothing wrong with doing background work, but yeah. for me, that's not something I want to do anymore because I've been working really hard for over you know, yeah. 30 years at my career. So I think you have the right, I think you also have to know what your boundaries are yeah. and what you're willing to do and, all, and be okay with that. You know, there's yeah. certain things I may not feel as comfortable doing. So I think you really just have to be, be able to say, this is okay and this is not. And it's very yeah. individual with each person person yeah yeah agreed agreed 
Diana, I could like literally talk to you all day because you have so, <laughs> so much interesting like experience and stuff. But we're coming to the end of the podcast and I just want to give you an opportunity because you did earlier talk about all these names. You're like, you don't know these people, but this is what we're doing. Can you tell us just, you know, what are you doing right now? How can we support you? Where right. do we go to follow you on, you know, on the Instagram, sure. and the Facebooks and sure. yeah. So to know more about Performing Art Studio West, that is pastudiowest.com. And that's the place I've worked as an acting coach and teacher for the past 21 years. And that's, P and that's also a great resource for talented actors with disabilities. Um, right. If you want to follow me, you can go, my website is my name, dianaevisbitjordan.com. Um, my my Instagram and Twitter um, are all from the heart, DEJ. And that's where you're up to find my new morning cup of joy vlog, which premiere next February 2nd. The first oh, year is, is next Wednesday. I take it a break to the back, and you can find out about my woman show. Also, um, on my website, and that will be due to my other company. Um, you can support me. Um, call me in. <laughs> I say that? Call me in. Call me in it. for something. And yeah. well, call me in and give me an opportunity to show you what I have to offer. Yeah, I love right? that. Call love me that. in and give me an opportunity to meet with me and let me show you what I have to offer. And maybe at this part that doesn't matter, there'll be another one. But that's what that, that, that I, I just, you know, I don't demand. I, I just would love an opportunity to yeah. show more people what I have to offer. And yes, I want to book, but I can't book if I don't get an opportunity to come in the room. Yeah. So I would love an opportunity to get in more rooms and then maybe that room will lead to the set. Another one. I love it. I got in the room last year and I want to get on the set, the set. this That's year. That's a great, I love yeah. that. I want to have five of you. From the room to the set, yeah. <laughs> I love but it, from I, the room I, to the set. I did yeah. a thing for this year, reaching new heights. I take a model every year and this year is reaching new heights. So that's what I, I want to do. Well, Diana, thank you so much for coming on our show. I loved talking to you. And I think you really provided some incredible insight for our listeners and for me as well. And it's just been a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Sister Brunch with me, Anya Adams. That was our conversation with Diana Elizabeth Jordan. Visit sisterbrunch.com to find out more about her and how to support her upcoming projects. Remember, Fanchon will be back with me soon. But in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Sister Brunch and on Facebook at sisterbrunch.com backslash Sister Brunch Podcast. Got questions for our Ask Sister Brunch segment? Visit sisterbrunch.com to fill out our questions form and we might just read and answer yours on air. Also, sign up for our monthly newsletter to get job tips, viewing recommendations, and more. 
Oh, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. Your support is really, really important to us. Our senior producer is Sonata Lee Narcisse. Our show producer is Brittany Turner. Our executive producer is Cristobal and Sia Boade. And we'd like to acknowledge that the land we record our podcast on is the original land of the Tongva people for those of us in Los Angeles. Can't wait to see you next time. Take care, everyone.